every week I, I try to summarize a little bit of, uh, of Ephesians and, um, and draw a string through the book. In chapter 1, unity, unity of Jews and Gentiles, of different uh, races and cultures and backgrounds under the banner of Christ. <clears throat> and, uh, and chapter 2, um, uh, more about that unity that we share in common uh, and how Christ is that unifier. Uh, and then in chapter 3, about how we grow and flourish that unity through love, loving one another, through speaking the truth. Um, chapter 4, uh, it talked about the unity of the body, and it spoke about our individual responsibility towards the rest of the body and how we are links in a chain, um, and we, we work towards a common purpose. In the beginning of chapter 5, uh, we spoke about, uh, it says, be imitators of God and walk as children of light. And um, how we, we guard this unity, we keep it sanctified, we, we keep ourselves set apart, and there is a difference between forgiveness and compromise. Now we get to uh, the end half here of chapter 5, and on the surface it seems to completely change gears. Um, it's the church, the church, the church, the church, and then suddenly it's about husbands and wives. <laughs> and um, uh, Paul gives some uh, very practical advice for uh, those who are in a married relationship, uh, but it's not just that. In fact, if we read it, and we will read it together, <clears throat> we find that the theme of the church continues and how he speaks about uh, the family relationship as a microcosm, uh, a model of what needs to happen in the church. And the church is not so much an illustration for marriage, but rather the other way around. The marriage relationship is to illustrate uh, how we should view the church. No. I know in uh, modern conventions, um, we, we find ourselves at an impasse uh, and people bring uh, misconceptions about what the Bible teaches about the role of men and women. Um, and, uh, and they say that it's, um, it's all these horrible uh, labels, misogynistic, uh, patriarchal, bigoted, uh, sexist. Um, and if we come to the Bible, honestly, we see that is not the case. We find the most 
pure, the most self-sacrificial, the most unconditional example of, uh, of love and um, uh, that we can find anywhere else out in the world. And we see uh, this establishment of a relationship that is in line with how we were created. So we're not going to look at that, but we're going to look at, um, we're going to touch on that. So let's pray this morning, uh, read through from verse 22, and then we'll get into it. Dear Lord, we thank you that we can learn from your word, that we can apply your word honestly and openly, uh, and that uh, you are a God of love and you teach us. Uh, to love, may we look to you for our example in this, in our church and in our families. Amen. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as the Christ is the head and Savior of the church, which is his body. But as the church submits to Christ, so also let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, and that he might present to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. In this way, men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then in verse 30, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother, and he shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I'm speaking about Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. <clears throat> There's a book in our church library, a book that has uh, meant a lot to me and Colleen uh, in our marriage. It's called Love and Respect. <clears throat> and the book uh, presents uh, the married relationships, uh, marriage relationship through this lens um, that, that the wives, uh, to be submissive, to uh, bring or to show uh, the husband what he most inwardly desires uh, to be respected. And obviously the other way around, that men are called to love their wives in a way that worldly wisdom doesn't tell us, but, um, 
to redefine almost the definition of what love is. But Paul says this, he speaks in regards to Christ and the church. So let's uh, just look at the verse right before, and we see there's actually a, pre, a preface to this passage. It says, Give thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, Being submissive to one another in the fear of God. <clears throat> so we, we are firstly to be submissive to one another. Within the church context, that means that no one is supposed to or is permitted to uh, lord anything over anyone else. I submit to my deacons for advice, for wisdom, for uh, uh, matters of administration and relational. They submit to me for uh, spiritual uh, shepherding. <clears throat> I submit to the decisions of the ministry heads that they will lead their ministries responsibly. And the people uh, in those ministries submit to their, uh, their council and their leadership, and they submit to this person for help uh, in, in this matter, and uh, this person submits to this person uh, when uh, there is something of a perhaps a rebuke or uh, area of accountability, <clears throat> and we submit to each other that there is no place in the church for pride, zero place for ch for uh, in the church for. But they did this, and I deserve this, and I am entitled to this, and I worked hard on this. <clears throat> we submit to each other. But in relation to the husband and wife relationship specifically, um, Lindy uh, doesn't have to submit to me. I'm not her husband. Uh, the, the context is, it doesn't say all men, all women must be submissive to all men. It doesn't say that. It says in the specific relationship that you have mutually agreed to come together, and we say that the Lord created us uh, to be complementary, not to be interchangeable. And we acknowledge uh, this relationship comes in this form. But that means uh, that there is, uh, there is um, responsibility on us as a church. Me, you, man, woman, child, it doesn't matter. It says that just as Christ submits to the church and we look at our marriage relationships and we say, It must, it must reflect within the church body. How do we, how do we submit ourselves to the, to the rule of Christ? All 
Are we faithful? Are we, uh, are, we, are we loving to the body? Are we obedient to the commands of Scripture? Do we, do we work at, at, at making sure that, um, that we are walking a road pleasing to God? And that those that we share um, the church with, that we form the church with, are they walking along with us? We submit to the Lord as the head of the body. But then it also puts responsibility on, uh, on the husbands. And it says, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now it's interesting, he uses this illustration uh, of a marriage relationship and it becomes an illustration of how one cares for his own body. And then that illustration becomes uh, the illustration of the church itself and how Christ cares for his body, which is the church. The one bleeds into the next, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it. That he sh- it should be holy without blemish. It says in verse uh, in verse twenty eight, in this way men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. <coughs> So what did Christ do with his body? He offered it to be whipped and to be beaten and to be broken and uh, to be hung and nailed on a cross for the sake of love. I wonder what a marriage relationship would look like when a husband uh, in not just his words and his affection, you know, sweet talking, charming, uh, that's not love. <laughs> Through his deeds, he is able to go to that extent for his wife. What, what would that look like? Well, hopefully, we look at our own relationships and we wrestle with that and we say, yes, I love my wife to that extent that I would offer my own body for her safety, for her protection, because I love her. Then it goes on to say <clears throat> that he who, he who loves his wife loves himself, that uh, we don't um, purposefully seek our own neglect. We don't starve ourselves. We don't um, do those things. Um, I, know, <laughs> I know we do. It's talking about what should be happening. If a person does uh, care for themselves and does, they won't purposefully seek their own neglect. And so it says that of Christ. And it says, <clears throat> we as the church, 
in some sense, in some unknowable fashion, um, we submit to Christ as our head. And it says in some intangible way, He cares for us. He nurtures us. He, uh, he grows us in, in, in wellness as His own body. So, <clears throat> His physical body, He gave it for His spiritual body, which is the church. Husbands, we would sacrifice our, our physical body, right? But if we are to love our wives as we are to love our bodies, what does spiritual nurture look like and spiritual care look like in the home? That you have a responsibility towards your family and towards uh, um, your children to be the shepherd of your home. To raise up uh, your wife and your children um, in 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 strength, in knowledge of the truth. Now I know we're not perfect, and so we uh, we ask um, patience. You know, I ask patience of myself even. Um, but do you neglect that? Your role is inadequate if it's only about clothing and feeding and uh, putting a roof over, uh, over your family's head. As we emanate Christ. It goes on then, and it says, <clears throat> from the illustration of that we are, are, um, we are his body, the church, it says, then for we are um, members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. And then it quotes Genesis. It says, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall be one flesh. And so he uses this illustration to bring to mind that, uh, that unseeable, that spiritual oneness that comes about when a man or woman is married. And he uses it to illustrate the spiritual oneness uh, that the church shares as the body of Christ. He says... Um, uh, his flesh and his bones. That's us. <laughs> you know, and it's not like a Lego man where you put one block in and you can easily take that block out. We sometimes think about our place uh, in the church in that way, that um, it, it's modular. We just slide it in and slide it out and this piece can slide into another church somewhere along the line. <clears throat> uh, but the illustration is that we are put together like a complex living organism. 
one cell divides and grows uh, other cells and, and the flesh is it's indivisible. Where does this start and this? We are much more complex and intertwined, not simply interconnected. When we profess our faith in Christ, ideally um, through uh, the public identification of that faith in baptism, and we say, I belong to, to, to Christ's church, and I belong to this local church. I am now um, part of this body, and not a part that can be removed and replaced, but I form a, a, an indivisible um, lattice with everyone else that has professed faith in Christ. And then I look to the relationships that we see on earth, that we experience ourselves, such as a husband and a wife. And we say, let me carry that submission over to the church as Christ is our head. Let me carry um, and demonstrate that love that I, I show in my home um, in the church. Let me care for uh, this body as, as though uh, I am connected to it in an indivisible way. And not the local body, but the church as a whole. We move away and we go other places and the Lord leads us on the path that he set before us. So when we grow individuals here, we make eternal progress. And we pray that they may go on to be a blessing in other places and lead other people to the Lord. So we're not saddened when... Um, when this one goes, uh, or or um, or for whatever reason, <clears throat> we recognize that as believers we are intricately t woven together. That should that should add weight to the relationships that we form here. It should add weight to the work that we do here. For children's worship, I wanted to uh, touch on the next verse here. We'll leave that for next week where uh, it doesn't leave uh, any aspect uh, of, uh, of background out. Um, it says, children, obey your parents. <laughs> and we're going to look at that and go on to the end of the end of the chapter um, next week.
but think about your place here and know that you are not a Lego block in the body of Christ. You are an indivisible fiber uh, within that framework. Let's make our time together as a church count for the glory of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, once again we thank you uh, for the truth we can learn from Ephesians about being a church family, about loving each other, about conflict resolution, about growth and unity. May we embed this truth in our hearts and may it shape our actions and our relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.